Right, I'm not going to say everything I need to say. I'm going to be guided by a PowerPoint display. Sorry about that, but it will at least get us through. Um, and I hope that the visuals are, are good enough. If they're not, it's my fault. Um, I haven't got time to tell you everything I want to tell you, and there's lots of things I would just leave out and I will miss. I know that for a fact, so I'm going to apologize for that. Um, but I'll try and keep myself to about 25 minutes. Um, and I've got about 26 slides. <laughs> or is it 126 slides? I can't remember which. Right. A verse which is in the Bible which has impacted me greatly over the last, over the last few years is, is this one. It's in 1 James. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that our God accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows. I've said this before, in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That guy, James, writes another few verses as well. And he writes this. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose, and this is the important bit, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? You know, I, some, that's sometimes the thing I find the most difficult is when somebody's little and you have, oh, I've got to not, not, Marion said, you'll be all right on your own as long as you don't ramble on. Okay. <laughs> Um, but actually, so I won't ramble on. I'll get, into, I'll get into Zambia. This is where Zambia is. It's in southern Africa. It's, I'm going to give you some facts and figures. Um, the capital of, of Zambia is Lusaka. It's about a 10-hour flight if you can fly direct, but it takes normally about 16 hours to get there. Um, the, the red indicator there is where um, Chingola is, which is where... An orphanage is called Matendi. Matendi means peace. Matendi Children's Village. Peace Children's Village. And it's uh, in, on the edge of a town called Chingola, which is the sixth largest town in Lusaka, with a population of about 150,000 people. Um, it's a very, the area we are in is an ex-mining area. It's, it's, it's a, a, a very poor area. Um, here are some figures. When we started going out in about 2011, I think the population was 11 million. It was 14 million in 2014. It's now 18 million. It is increasing by 500,000 people per year. 54% of them are in poverty, of which 40.8% are in extreme poverty. 76% of rural communities are in poverty. The average age of the, the, for those who are mathematical, the median age, the, the middle age of the population, if you took all those that were, were older and all those that were younger and you said, what's the middle age? It's 16. Okay, in the UK, it's probably in the 40s. Okay, so the average age, so half the population is less than 16 years of age. Okay, so that's the context of what Zambia is. We got tricked into it, into this project. Um, 
this is uh, Matendi was started 20 years ago, and the uh, it was various people looked after it, and then a couple really got into it and started to look after it and work on it, and then he said, "I'm retiring," um, and he asked, and he said to Marion and me, would you like to take over sort of coordinating it and, and get on with it? And we thought, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And then I realized, actually, he's five years younger than me. Um, and I just thought, I mean, I, we were over 60. And it's not, when you're over 60, I won't tell you what Marion is, but we, I was over 60. And what we were, what, all of a sudden we found ourselves going to Africa and getting involved with this and starting to to, to take a group out. Let, um, so we really did, I'll show you how we got tricked into it in a minute. Um, I'll give you some more figures first. This is the, the funding that we have. This year, uh, sponsors have given about £2,900 a month. That is the main way in which we get money coming in. Um, we have, and this was, a, I didn't realize it was this many. We have 73, either individual or couples, giving money every month to Matendi. And the vast majority are in this church, and there are some in Swindon, but it's this church and, and relatives. And then there are some, uh, there's a church in Swansea, uh, Linden Church, they give some money as well. Um, but you can work it out that, that there's about 30-ish thousand pounds coming in from sponsors, but some of that is is corporate sponsors. So seven and a half thousand pound a year comes from corporate sponsors. And that money mainly goes to, um, to fund the school rather than Matendi Children's Village. 100% of the money given to Matendi Children's Village by sponsors uh, goes, to the goes to the children. When Mary and I go out, we pay our own fare. When any visitors go out, they pay their own fares. There are no, uh, virtually no administrative costs. Uh, somebody gives to administration, so I've got to say there are some administration costs, but actually <laughs> we never use it. It goes to the children because actually that's, that's, that's the way it works. So everything that, that we, we have goes there. Things come in my mind and then they go shooting out again. Sorry. Um, so far this year, we've received about £50,000, of which we've given out £53,000. Now, we don't support Matendi. We keep it alive. If we didn't, if as a church we weren't giving, individuals we weren't giving to Matendi, it wouldn't limp along. It would shut down within a month. Because we give, what we give is 90% of the funds that they require. Now out of this money, we employ 20 people. Um, and before I get into all the statistics, because I will get into them, but, but let's not forget that this is what it's all about. It's about children. We don't like the concept of orphanages here in, in the UK. We don't like the concept of orphanages anywhere. And actually, there's a big move by the government out there to actually move from orphanages to fostering and adoption. The problem is, nobody. when you've got 50% of the population in deep poverty, who's going to take an extra mouth into your home? to feed it. It's not going to happen. And the numbers are so great. This all started because in 2003 or 4, there were 1.1 million out of a population of 10 million, 1.1 million orphans because of AIDS. Now, AIDS has stopped. So actually, the population has started to increase because there's a lot of retroviral drugs going in. 
Still a lot of people die of AIDS because they don't get the drugs. Um, but it's, it's, it's working its way through. And now, of course, uh, the population is, is, as I said, it's increasing, by, it's increasing by one person per minute. That's how much the population is increasing in a country which is in poverty. But it's all about children. So that this is what is the motivation behind this. This is what's happening. Matendi, that you've given to over all these years, is saving lives. That's one of the houses. That's uh, Rachel James' house. And that's a house that, uh, that the girls are in. And there are three houses. Sorry. Um, can't brighten that up. Uh, there are three houses. Go back to that one. Uh, within the Matendi uh, compound. I'll show you its structure in a minute. Um, is that coming out? That's a bit of the school because it's an orphanage and next door there's a primary school. The primary school is mainly funded by low fees that come from the, um, from the community. Our children go in there and we pay for their education and then it's also uh, £6,000 is sent a year from, from Linden Church in Swansea. They give money to the school. And also the corporate sponsors give about 7500 That's another picture of the school. I hope this one comes out. That is a bird's eye view of the properties at the Matendi pro project. So the ones with the red roofs, the three together are the children's houses. The... The one on its own is the office block and what we call the fellowship house, which is where we stay when we go or where visitors stay uh, when they go. Uh, and then the upside down L and the other buildings there, that's the school. Uh, and that's a primary school and it has about 170 children. When we were out there, our initial concentration in about 2014 and 2015, um, was to concentrate on the orphanage and getting that functioning properly. Um, and then in 2015, 16, it was more on the school. And the more that we were out there, God began to really press on my heart that it's, about, it's not just about these 30 children, but it's about the community and what we can do and real understanding that the way to actually help this pe these people is through education and support and helping them to get into enterprise and we're a long way from that but on the education side we're trying to get more children into the school we employ about 10 11 teachers there and so um, to try and get better education because if you're in a school and and there's um, well at the minute eight hours every day is what they call load sharing Okay, eight hours a day, could be up to 15 when there's no electricity because Zambia just doesn't have the power. It just doesn't have the capacity anymore. Um, and they had bad rains and that affects their electricity supply. They're also this, I don't know how to say this, but actually they're also under a heavy burden from China who have put a lot of infrastructure in, and we've now got a road outside Matendi thanks to the Chinese, but actually they're also in huge debt to China. So the debt that was forgiven 15 years ago, when Gordon Brown was in power, all the debt was wiped out, do you remember? Um, and, and, and they all benefited from that. Well, that debt now is back in there. 
and because of some corruption and those sorts of things, it, it's a very difficult situation. So, but education, if we can get education, good education, 30 children in a class instead of 80, then actually we, we can help them and we can progress. So that's, that's one of our aims. Within Matendi Children's Village, this is what we had. We started off with, with when we went out at first, there were about 24 children. And we weren't taking any more children in because we didn't have the funds. But now there are, um, there are three houses, 12 in the under 10s house, 10 in the, in the Rachel James house, which is the girls, and 11 boys in the Bite House Trust. We now have, thanks to you, um, two youth houses. Um, one was given by a personal donation, the other was given by the church, and we have a boys' youth house and a girls' house. And that's so that the, because what was happening was the youths were leaving them attendee and it was like we were just deferring their situation by 10 years. You know, come in as six-year-olds or seven-year-olds, stay with us for 10 or 11 years, get fed, be good, then go back to a family with nothing. But because they were late in their education, we had to do something to actually overcome that. Do you know, and this really taught me a lot because it was, um, because we'd talked about it for years. And Lyndon were going to do it at one point, and it was all this sort of thing. And, you know, it was all going, and I just thought, we've just got to do it. We've just got to do it. And we didn't have the money to do it. And I was out there, and I was just thought, well, if the worst comes to the worst, we'll have to find it. You know, so we just went, and we bought a house. And then we came back, and, we, and, and out of that, we found the funding came for that house and another house. And so actually, you know, it was, a real, it was a real miracle because we would, you know, it was just, um, it just God provided. But he just provided so much, it's quite unbelievable. We've now got three in sponsored education out, who are living outside of Matendi. We've got two at university who are living outside. We've got two at college who are living outside. So we've got a total of 51 children there that one way or another we are linked with and supporting financially. We can get them into universities and, and for £1,000 a year we can get them doing a degree course. The government for some of our children will pay their fees. So these things really help. But, but this is, um, again, I hope, oh, they are, it is a bit, a bit light, isn't it? Um, thank you. That's a good idea. Um, this again is a bus that they now have, which was given by a personal donation, and that was given, um, they got that earlier this year, and this is some of the children, and Joshua, the manager, is there on the, on the right-hand side. So it just means they've got transport, and you forget, but, but they're constantly they will be going down with malaria or with one sickness or another. If they go back to their families for a time and they come back, they're always ill. So, um, so you then have to go through it and, get, and getting them right again. One of the boys who's there, Dominique, he's been on the phone to me last night. He's at Mullungushi University. He's in his final year doing a degree in banking and finance, which is, oh, never, never dreamt of that, you know. Sorry, I get very emotional. Very emotional. And they don't know why. Um, I get out of it. But actually, um, it's... it's um, he, you know, he's sick, so he's been for injections, and he's got a fever, and it's, that's life. That is life. It's not, it's not the same as here. Um, again, that's, that's one of our group, and sad to say, again, part of our life is we've been, we've on occasions lost children, but John, who was on the right-hand side, he's actually, I didn't realize he's 73 years of age, 
uh, and he was still working for us. He's been there since 2000, but he passed away last week. Um, but again, what it, it's not that. It's the impact that that has on, the, on his family because he's the bread earner. One of the teachers in the school who's paid something like £100 a month is the bread earner for her own family because her husband isn't working, he can't get a job. And, she, and he's the bread earner for the mother as well and pays the mother's rent so that the mother has a house with the rest of the family. So if they lose their jobs, that, that's, the, that's the impact. That shows you the school with some new tables that we had put in um, last year. And again... Um, that wasn't Matendi money. The money that you sponsor goes to the children, okay? So if you sponsor a child, you're, the money from that does not go into this. Um, but we fundraise and we get things and we, we beg, steal and borrow. Um, and those are some of the children at the school. They go from baby class, which is virtually in nappies, um, right up to grade seven, which is about just slightly beyond the end of sec secondary. The way God trapped us in this, and I warn you about this because he might be trapping you in it right now, was that in 2012, um, where's Jazz? Oh, right. In 2012, we were asked if we would accompany a group out because in 2004, or uh, we, we'd been out, and um, we were asked if we would accompany a group and so we did. In fact, we, we then took the group and there were five uh, young people that went out with us. And the, the girl on the left, Becky now, is, um, she's done her degree, she's finished, and she's now serving God in Malawi, I think it is. She's gone out there with her husband um, and is serving God there. So we take trips, we've taken trips out over this period and I hope these trips will continue. There's another trip that went, um, I can't remember which year that one is, um, Dennis is there. Um, Dennis didn't come this morning because he was worried. I'm told, can, can I say this? He was worried he'd be too much the centre of attention. Well, he would have been um, because he is Mr. Matendi. He's really got a heart there. And he's, he's um, oh, that's the same group that went out all those years ago. Um, we've had different groups going out. And this is one group. What happened as well was when we went out in 2012, we were living, um, the water was in cans. Um, you had to boil it before you drank it. Um, there, was no, you, you, there was no running water at all. There'd been a borehole dug and there'd been a tower for the previous 10 years. And I think it had worked for one of those years. And um, in 2013, a group went out uh, from here. And again, we only went for two weeks. And in two weeks, just God swept. It was a, a miracle, wasn't it? Mike was there. You were there, weren't you? Yeah, um, and actually, we, in t this never happens. In two weeks, we had a new borehole dug, and we had piping put up all around the, the building. It, when we were preparing for that, God had supplied us with, can't remember her name, the lady who used to work for UPS. Evie. E Evie. Evie. Evie was, was in the church and she worked for UPS and UPS had a policy that anybody could send any parcel in the world up to 50 kilograms for 50 pounds. So we sent 
<laughs> must, have been, must have been a dozen parcels <laughs> of 50 kilograms out there. We had nuts and bolts and everything. And it was just for that period of time she worked there. Because when it all came to an end, she left. And, and, and she, she left UPS, is what I mean. And, and actually, it wasn't there. But we got, we got the best piping in that you can get for, for water piping. And, and we had uh, Jamie, a plumber, and Patrick, um, uh, a, a, a chippy, um, Mike was doing the electrician. Mark, uh, sorry, John was doing the electrician. Um, Mike was helping everybody and going round, and I was walking around with a phone stuck to my ear in the whole trip. But actually, it was again, it was just an example of God just did it. And we realized that this wasn't our project, it was God's. And one of the things I wanted to get across this morning about serving God is not about doing, it's about being. And actually, that's all we needed to do, is just be where we were. And we hadn't aimed to get involved with this and to do all this, but it just happened. But you just, all of a sudden, you think, I don't know. And then Mike came up with a message, and again, Mike came up with a word and said, Somebody needs to go somewhere for two years. And we realized that that was Marion and me. And we couldn't go for two years, but we went for three months for two years. But God enabled our business to really flourish in the time we were away. And when I thought, oh, we're doing really well here, and I put an extra month on, in later on in that year, everything fell through the floor, and the business had real problems. And it was almost like God saying, you've done what I told you to do, now stop. Because it's his project, and it's not ours. That was the that was the um, that was the borehole, and that was the first time we saw the water come out of the ground at two liters per second. Um, and all of a sudden, we had water, and we've had water in Matende since 2013. Believe me, that is a miracle, and believe me, it makes such a difference because the rest of the community doesn't have it. They can go two or three days without water. We have tried to give water to the community, but you can't. They pinch the taps. So, you know, it just is, it's, it's almost impossible to do. Um, that's one of the youth houses that we've, we managed to purchase. That was what it was like when we bought it. I don't know whether you can see that. Um, actually, the color is pretty accurate. <laughs> um, it, was not in a, it was not in a good condition. That was the sink in the house. This is... This is fairly typical. This is in a, 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 an urban-type area of houses. They're ex-minus houses. Um, that was one of the rooms. That's the toilet in one of the houses now. They're both like that. Um, so it just shows you they are different houses. Sorry, I couldn't get the same house, but it just shows you the comparison. And that's the kitchen that, that's, that's done. Um, we keep working. It it's, it's never stops. Um, the, the buildings have been repainted. Uh, we gave money for that so that, that they could be repainted. I've put this one up there because this is a guy called Ronald. Ronald's been with us since he was a boy of... How old was he when he came in? About three, four years of age. He went right through Matendi and he now, we, tr we, we got him trained as an electrician. 
We then sent him to the mines to work in the mines. He did work experience, but they just used him like slave labor. He was there for over six months and didn't receive a penny in pay. Okay, so we took him back and we've employed him as a handyman within, within Matendi. Um, that's the children. Um, just, again, it's just a, a picture of the children that just so we're there. One of the things that we've tried to do, and thank you, uh, we brought some hats over from some of the women. Again, bear in mind that a lot of the women who are in the church out there are widows. Um, the central woman on the right holding the whiter, lighter things is not, that's, um, she's been here, she's called Eni, she is the Reverend Ziambo's wife, so she's not a, a widow, but the other three are widows. The one on the right was widowed uh, last year. The one in, on the left, uh, on the, in the middle left, was, uh, is a grandmother look, bringing up her grandchildren um, on no income, just what they can sell and what they can make a living on. Leontina is on the left. She was the manager, but it didn't work for her, for us and for her, and she had to leave. But she's been out, I'm afraid she's been out of work, but she's got family. She's got family in the UK that I know are able to support her. Um, but we began to realize that what we need to do is try and just try and support them as much as we can to get on their own feet. Um, that's, another, that's another group um, that, that, that went out. Um, that's the lovely bit of it all. Um, this is Yvonne, who's a, a young girl who came in last year. Last year, um, She can't read, she can't write, she'd never even held a pencil. She's 11 years of age. We're now struggling to get her to, she's no English, um, struggling to get her going and, and, and moving with that. But, um, and this is my f favorite little boy, Peter. Um, and um, he, again, is a, is a little boy that's, that's, that's come in recently. Again, what we try to do is encourage people to, to, to sponsor children so that they can do it. I'm very aware that I'm talking about Matendi this morning. But one of the things that I wanted to really get an impression across is this, is that God loves each one of us and he has a purpose for our lives. And I didn't know we were going to get involved like this. Sorry, it's my emotional levels are really, it's, it's male menopause, I think. And, um, and um, so um, I didn't realize this, but during the, during the 2000s, um, I'd been, I'd, in, two, in 2003, I was divorced. And in, during that period of time, I went through all of this and lost um, contact with my own children. And during a really hard time, when I was really going through it, feeling the guilt and the pain and a lot of anguish uh, during that period, somebody came up to me and didn't know any of that, didn't know any of that situation. Somebody came up to me and said, um, uh, I've just got a word, that God's given me a word for you, is you're going to be a father to many children. And at the time, you just think, um, I didn't even know what it meant. I thought it meant Marion's family, that there were loads of children there, so I was just going to be their father. Little did I know that actually these these were going to become part of my family, just as they're part of your family. They are part of our family. I didn't ask to get into this, but I realized very, very much that God has a purpose for your life just as much as he has for mine. 
I'm praying that for some people it's going to be Matendi because Marion and I are getting too old. So I'm praying for that. But actually, that's not my problem. And, and Matendi is not my problem. In some ways, it's our responsibility because these are our families. But actually, I'm just... But it's not whether it's this or it's something else. It's this fact that when it was in our 60s and now in our 70s, that God is actually saying, I've still got a purpose for your life. And it might be this or it might be something else. But it's knowing what that is. And it's actually not doing anything. It's just being and opening up and saying, bring it on, God. I thought I'm tired, but he gives you the strength. He makes the situations, the circumstances happen. He does that. Um, we're also encouraging them to... to, to um, to make their own money. So these are chickens, and they've got chickens, and every three weeks, sorry, it's good, those chickens are no more, I'm afraid. Every three weeks they are sold, and they're really good chickens, but it's generating money, and that's what's going to pay for the upkeep of the car and some of the other things as well. So and um, uh, we've had groups go out from Swansea University, and they started to get a chicken hut, a new chicken hut built. Um, what's the future? Um, housing. Um, well, we need new roofs for, um, for, the, for, the, for the buildings because actually they're 20 years old and they're going. So that's one of our jobs is to inspect that. What's really exciting is Patrick, who's our carpenter, phoned me up last week. He said, I want to go back to Matendi. So does my auntie and so does a cousin. Are you going? So I said back, now this is faith. This is faith. Because I really cannot face taking a group out to look at roofs or to do any work because that is not me and I'm tired. This is faith because <laughs> I just said, we're going next summer. We need new roofs. Can you, do, can you help with this? And he just sent a text back saying, this is what I do. And so what I, I'm walking in faith and saying, right, we need a group to go out next summer um, probably end of May, June, when actually we're going to have to put some, do some work and hopefully get something done with the roofs of these buildings. I've got to investigate it and then I'll come back. But that's what, that's what we need to do. And, and I can't do it, but God can. And if God doesn't want to do it, it won't happen. Um, school I mentioned, training for employment, finding employment for our children, Training for self, uh, what did I say? Self-subsistence. How can you be involved? Ask God, do I have a part to play? I think that's that's key. Ask God, do I have a part to play? If I do, what's my part? Whether it's this or something else, we should be saying that. We should have an open heart to God all the time. We do not retire. We do not retire. Pray for Matendi, the managers, the children, the support in the UK. Um, these are the most important ones because, I come back to it, this is God's project. It's not ours. And I've, um, you could sponsor a child or just sponsor Matendi. One-off gifts to help are always helpful. Come to the quiz night. Um, where, which is in, it's on the 22nd of November. I'm under firm instructions 
from Marion to say, get your tickets today. <laughs> uh, so get your tickets from Marion, Nikki, Annette. They're here and actually we'll have tickets for you. Um, home groups, um, I've been asked um, to get some hampers together. And I think see home group leaders, see Pauline for a hampers for that, that auction. I've been, those are notices really. Visit Matendi or help someone else to visit. Um, get in, once you're involved, you'll never not be involved. It's a lifetime, that's the warning I give you. Once you go, it catches hold of you. You can't let go. Take over from Mary and me <laughs> in, the, in the next phase. Um, but that's, that's what it's all about. It's about these children. We, are, we, you, God, people involved have changed lives. There are a lot, there are, I, we did have some stories, but we haven't got time. There are children alive today and thriving and forming a part of society that had it not been for this and it not been for God doing this, they would have died. Um, oh, I've got, I've, got, I've got to finish, I forgot. There's one little video of blessings. I'll just show you this. I'm going to show this on the quiz night as well. Is that all right, just to quickly do this? This little boy came in in 2004. He was the Dell boy of, um, of all uh, Chingola and Zambia. He really was a streetwise six-year-old kid who knew what he was doing. He had... He swore like a trooper in Bemba, fortunately, so I didn't understand it. And he was the naughtiest little boy that they had. He was a problem. But I'll let you see this video of him. My name is Blessings Lukanso, and I live at Mtende. I have lived at Mtende for four years. I like living at Mutende because they give me support to whatever I want. Yes, I like school because when I grow up, I want to be a scientist, so I have, I have to work hard to school. At Mutende, they help me to go to the extra lessons. Then at the extra lessons, they can teach more about, uh, about the questions that at school they, they asked us. I like Mutende because I have a new family and a mother because when I was born, my mother just died and I didn't see her. So I have a mother, so that's why I like Mutende. After my mother passed away, my grandma started looking after me. My grandma, she was working at the market. Now she didn't have enough money to, to support me to go to school. Then she brought me here. I like being here because my grandma didn't have any money to support me and I came here and they supported me at school. If it wasn't from Tender, my life would be different because I would be just stay in the streets and beg for money. I think I've changed because when I was living with my grandma, I was like, I was just doing naughty things at, with my grandma because I was a little boy. Now here I'm grown up, so I'm changed. I've changed because I have some manners at school and at home. I want to say thank you to the people in UK because they give us money for school fees and we can achieve a better life.